and we finally got rid of it. So. Oh no, that's a sad story. Yeah, that's a sad story. <laughs> you still have well, the you chainsaw. Know, you have you have responsibility. <laughs> yeah, you have. When, when when you're married and have children, you you become more aware of your responsibilities. Maybe maybe there's like a and the risks crisis. of doing things like riding around on a motorbike. But I do still have chainsaws. Oh, good, good. <laughs> maybe you can buy a motorized scooter or something. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they are actually really really fun. Yeah, what are those other things that you that you stand on and, and you go around? What are they called? Segways. I've never yes. done one of those. Maybe you could get a Segway to replace your motorbike. Yeah, I, li- I live in I live in a very hilly area in the, in the foothills of Perth. Um, I don't think I'd even get it down the driveway. <laughs> I can testify to that. So we live about I don't know forty minutes drive apart. We hardly ever actually get together, and uh, I drive a two wheel drive vehicle, so it's really so dangerous to visit Dennis because <laughs> of his driveway. And I get different advice depending on how much rain there's been, like stick to the left, go to the right. And mm. every time I bottom out and yeah, like that it's very <laughs> stressful. I think I yeah. park down the street and just walk the rest it's, of the it's, way it's, up. It's, it's, it keeps, it's to keep out the uninitiated. Right. <laughs> All those fans, Dennis, keep them out. <laughs> now back to the book we're going to go on about a thousand tangents but i'll try and make sure we talk about the book for a little bit because we probably should being a book podcast and all that um but i love the conflict of magic and science and i want to ask you christy you're the scientist amongst us tell me how do they coexist Danny, I think the scientist is uh, in every one of us. <laughs> like, I mean, we're all, we're all, that Dr. Carl thing, right? He calls everybody who calls in, doctor, whoever. Because um, we're all curious and we're all, well, hopefully, we're all fascinated with our world. Like, how do our fingernails grow? How do toilets flush? You know, why do the lights come on? What is the, what is the universe? All those things are what make life so cool and it's so fabulous to like be alive and be on the planet and and for me that's science you know that fascination with the world and with creativity and um and that's magic too right those things are the same magic and science they're just about uh curiosity and a passion for answers and discovery and exploration so i I, I feel so lucky to be working in this space you know this crossover of science and magic i just feel like i just want to wallow around in here and roll around and like go this is amazing i love that and you know i just know that you are my people because when you say it's just a great time to be alive and everything's magic i'm like i'm right there with you yeah with enthusiasm like yeah these are my people the, the world's hard it's a really hard place to be right now but the world is also fabulous like it really is that we can get together we were chatting before about you know we can get together we can connect we can chat we can talk about the things that light us up and that is um that is magic and yeah i'm so grateful for people like yourself who have podcasts that bring the community together i love that yeah i love the way you say light us up because i think that's you know we we talked off air about why i started the podcast and that's exactly why because books and talking to people who write books and talking about how you know books um, you know reflections of the world that's what lights us up you know so that's why these conversations are so fun yeah. what about you Dennis science and magic tell me about how they coexist science and magic the world. 
Well, uh, in the world of the Wednesday Weeks books, we, there, we really have two worlds. Um, and the book, all, all our Wednesday Weeks books start off in the real world. They, the first chapter is always with Wednesday in the classroom doing something, um, something that uh, regular kids can relate to. Um, in the case of Wednesday Weeks in the Tower of Shadows, they're doing a robotics lesson. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't take long before she gets whisked away to the world of magic, um, and which is super secret and full of fantastical stuff like fairies and goblins. And there's an, we've got an entire world populated with nothing but giant pink slugs. Oh, I love um, that. But back in the normal human world uh, where our main character is just worried about grades and friendships and struggling to pass her robotics assessment, um, and at the beginning of the book, at the beginning of Wednesday Weeks in the Tower of Shadows, Wednesday thinks that she has to choose between science and magic, right? She thinks she has to be one thing or the other, but hopefully over the course of the book, she comes to realise maybe she doesn't have to make that choice after mm. all. Maybe she can be both. I love that so much. And it's a really important message for kids as well. And I don't know where it comes from, but they often think they have to be the one thing. They've got to be the sports kid or the reading kid or this kid when you can just be and do everything. So I love that message. Yeah. And I'm, I'm one of those people too, like Christy, like just do everything and be enthusiastic about everything. And my son even said to me, how can I love books and read so much and play soccer? I'm like, oh, this is like my biggest parenting fail ever. <laughs> what did you tell him? I'm like, what are you talking about? You can be everything yeah. and do everything and read and play soccer and do 50 other things. What are you talking about, child? And he's like, okay, cool. I yeah. wonder how much of that is because we think we have to be good at everything. Maybe. And you don't have to be good at everything. Like you can be rubbish at things, but yeah. that doesn't mean you can give it a shot. So Or enjoy um, it. Yeah, yeah. So Wednesday loves science, uh, but she is rubbish at it. Every time she tries to do something, it backfires, you know, and her teacher's eyebrows get burnt off or fireballs come from the ceiling. But she that. still loves it. She still um, wants to know and, and mm. craves this, like, interaction with her world, even though she's not very good at it. And making it happen perfectly, you know. Mm, and you know what? That's a great point. And I think we should do more things that we love that we're rubbish at. What, what's, <laughs> what's yours, Christy? What do you love to do but maybe you're not that good at? <laughs> I'm really bad at cooking, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but you love to do it? I don't, well, do you... it's very meditative. I really enjoy, um, I don't, I enjoy preparing to cook, but generally after I've cooked, it doesn't end up how I hoped it would end up, you know, so that bit's a bit more disappointing. It's like when you write a book and the scene never quite turns out how you think it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, you know how Gorgomoth has all those really horrible meals like vinegar chicken and sausage donuts and that, that's, that's you. how I feel. That's your recipe book coming out soon. That's gonna, it's going to be a bestseller. <laughs> Now, Dennis, what do you love to do, but maybe you're a little bit rubbish at? Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not the best at gardening, but I do kind of like getting out there with the uh, with the chainsaw or the or the the whippersnapper <laughs> and just kind of brutalizing nature. <laughs> the chainsaw. That's not how you garden, but how wonderful that that's how you garden. <laughs> well, you know, it's a bit Edward Scissorhands, isn't it? <laughs> getting the shrubs out. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, thing, right? Like you can go. We, we have we want. have fruit trees and stuff, and you know, and so some of them the, we've 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 kind of helping uh, my wife's mum look after a, a, an orchard, and sometimes you just sometimes you just got to get out the chainsaw. 
to get that apple off the tree. <laughs> <laughs> you just throw it up and then try and catch it by the <laughs> Now, Christy, I've got to tell you something if it's got to do with cooking. I do love to cook and I'm a bit hit or miss. So my dish is either a zero or it's a 10, right? There's no sixes in my repertoire. No. <laughs> so one day, I can't believe I'm revealing this. One day I saw this thing on YouTube where you make shapes out of pancakes. So I got like the little tube where you put sauce in it, but I put the pancake in it. I thought this is going to be so easy. And obviously I filmed myself doing it because I thought this is going to be magnificent, right? So I tried to do this butterfly. Anyway, it turned out ridiculous and it like <laughs> fell apart and flopped around. And, you know, because <clears throat> I have such great friends in my life, they put it on YouTube, right? <laughs> charming, charming. Yeah, right. And someone in Europe picked it up and, and put it in their little video of cooking fails <laughs> <laughs> without me knowing. And it got about, I don't know, a fair few thousand views. <laughs> I don't know if you should feel like, how do you feel about that? <laughs> like, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually pretty good at pancakes. That was one of, the, that was one of my specialities when the kids were little. Do you do butterflies? Shouldn't make butterflies uh, out um, of them. <laughs> no, I did. I did different different shapes. I can't remember what the what the most popular one was. Some of them were fairly elaborate. Wow, you just can do everything. <laughs> I cooked pancake. I don't know. <laughs> I, all I said was pancakes. I um I cooked a pancake that looked exactly like me, but not. I didn't like try to do it like that. Just just turned out. Uh, yeah. It's on my Insta feed somewhere. It's like that's amazing. But, you know, you know what I'm doing after this interview. I'm scrolling, Christian, looking for the lookalike pancake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite weird to eat a pancake that looks like yourself. <laughs> but yeah. did you eat the butterfly? Um, I don't think it was actually edible by the time it flipped around and you know got squashed and looked nothing like a butterfly so you know, <laughs> look if it could bring a bit of joy to people when they're watching cooking fails so be it i don't care yeah yeah <laughs> as long as it's all um anonymous uh, data now you were talking about these wild characters before you like fairies and goblins and pink slugs which i i wouldn't hate slugs so much i think if they were pink i think they'd be more endearing to me they but, are pink they are pink they're real Danny. they're real really? we're gonna change your life Really? Hot Tell pink me. Slugs. That's a real species. What? It's an endangered Australian species. <gasps> wow, why aren't they pink at my house? Why are they that ugly <laughs> brown colour? Actually, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but these ones, these are like a super special species. They only live on an extinct volcano wow. uh, in New South Wales. So you should go and visit them. Wow. Um, Mount Capita. Yeah, like, how cool is that? That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's well, worth celebrating. So that's why we made a whole slug swamp full of them and made Wednesday like swim through the <laughs> slugs. That is fantastic. So I was going to ask where you get your characters from and your little, yeah, so, well, real life. What about the goblins <laughs> and the fairies? And do you sit there and sort of throw characters at each other and think what can we add into this or do they emerge sort of more organically? We, we didn't do a lot of planning. Uh, it's fair to say, for any. <laughs> That's a massive understatement. <laughs> we 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 wrote Wednesday weeks in the Tower of Shadows just as just for fun, just as a, like an experiment. Um, we wrote al alternating chapters, and as far as character development goes, it really just kind of happened on the page organically. As and, wow. and as far as the plot goes, it was just kind of 
throwing ideas back and forth, which if if it was if we were writing some kind of elaborate crime thriller, probably wouldn't give you the best result. But for a kind of slightly wacky off the wall kids adventure, it, it came out it was it was a pretty good approach. And, wow. But I'm really interested in this collaboration. So when you were back and forth with the chapters, I'm guessing because you did well. Some one of you said little planning. One of you said no planning. <laughs> when you got your chapter back from the other person, was this a huge surprise to you? And then you had to go. Well, what am I going to do next? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. Did you think how did this happen? How do I resolve this? How do I continue this? Tell me this process. It's fascinating. It's the best fun. It's the best fun because you're already in love with these characters. You know, you're you're trying to inhabit them and you're trying to. Um, see where the story will take them and, and the choices that they'll make. And then they go away for a little while and they come back and they've done stuff without you, just, you know, literally of their own accord because Dennis has written a chapter, right? And it's just the best one. It's the best one. that It comes alive in this really Disneyland kind of way. I love it. amazing. Dennis, yeah. what did you think? Same? Yeah, I mean, the story really did evolve uh, in sort of in those back and forth iterations. I'll, I'll give you an example. So... We kind of figured out early on that um, that uh, Wednesday's grandpa has this magical ruby ring, which which allows you to kind of go to open a port, a magical portal to travel anywhere in the nine realms of space and time that you've been before. Um, and so we kind of figured out that was going to be our that was going to be the MacGuffin of the story that that um, they that because partly because Wednesday doesn't know how to use it and then partly because she was going to lose it and they had to get it back so that they could rescue rescue her grandpa who's been captured by the by the evil goblin king um so we kind of so we we kind of got the cup first couple of chapters out out of the way and then Christy had to solve the Christy had to answer the question so how are they going to lose the ruby ring and she came up with the idea it's going to get mixed up with grandpa's laundry and sent off to the laundry fairy dry cleaners. <laughs> Which is based on my real life desires, Danny. Like <laughs> that there is a laundry fairy and uh, magically all the laundry will disappear. Like that's from real life. That's fantastic. It's my dream as well. Can, it be the, <laughs> can that include the dishes and all the other chores as well? <laughs> yeah. Now, so it was, so it was, so that was, so that was brilliant. So, so Chrissy wrote a chapter where where the ring gets lost and it's and it's you know disappears in a sparkle of in a shower of sparks and 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 a, they just get back a little a little piece of paper saying thank you for sending your laundry to the laundry fairy dry cleaners Ooh. and they go oh how are we going to get there they can't get to the fairy realm because the way they usually get there is using the ruby ring which is now lost so I so it was my job to come up with the, to answer the question how are they going to get to the fairy realm without the ruby ring. So I thought, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll hitch a ride with the tooth fairy. Ah, so, nice. So they have to figure out a way to summon the tooth fairy and then convince the tooth fairy to take them to the fairy realm. So then we we kind of got to the fairy realm, and then Christy had to work out when they get there, where is where is the ruby ring going to be? What happens to all these uh, items that get misplaced when they go through the laundry? And so Christy came up with the idea of the realm of lost things, which is a giant maze in the form of a wardrobe. And it's just wall to wall full of nothing but lost socks and lost uh, Again, items is of this clothing. in real life? In real life? Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> it's real life. 
<laughs> yeah, you can see where I get my inspiration. I just look just, around and go, just walk oh my around, God. walk around the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fabulous. Oh, that's the best part because you can write a really bad cliffhanger. You know, usually when you're writing, you're very careful not to write yourself into a corner because you have to write yourself out of that corner. But in a collaboration, you just have to go send and Dennis has to write himself out of so the corner. So would you deliberately write each other in a corner? Yes. I don't know. Oh. Yes, I would. Did you, Dennis? Did you do it deliberately? That is the best. Well, well, I mean, who's to say whether it's deliberately causing hassles for your writing partner or just writing a good book? Because what's the difference? (laughs) Everyone loves a cliffhanger. They do. I love this so much. It's like you were trying to torture each other or challenge each other about, all right, go on, Dennis, get yourself out of this Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. so, So we were collaborating primarily over email and we would, we were writing chapters and exchanging the chapters via email every two or three days. So you couldn't, there wasn't time to, to muck around. You couldn't kind of come up with a whole, you know, 20 ideas and pick the best one. You just had to come up with an idea and get it done and then move on to the next thing. Interesting. Now, were there any points in this wonderful magical process, which <laughs> I love, where you were just like, nope, no, Dennis, or no, Chrissy, that is not going to happen. Did you have a little bit of an argument about, you know, one or two things? There were rules to the uh, ah, engagement. rules. So the rules were, number one rule, respect. So if the other person had written something, you couldn't mess with it. You, you could maybe change, like, the last um, paragraph, maybe if okay. the segue next yep. chapter wasn't working. Yep. But, yeah, no, you had to, you, you weren't allowed to change it. You weren't allowed to. <laughs> so you just this. run with whatever they put out there that is fantastic sometimes were you quietly sort of regretting those rules <laughs> I never did well, there's, there's always the next draft <laughs> I mean and the other thing was the humor like um you would try not only to write Dennis into a into a black hole but also to make him laugh and then when the character <laughs> came back I'd just be laughing and so like gorgeously surprised you know like just like Total escapism, just total mm. taken away to another magical place because mm. I did not expect any of, of what I was reading. That's that was beautiful. glorious. And that yeah. is my favourite quote, Christy. You were writing Dennis into a black hole. <laughs> I, like I think we literally do that in book two, actually. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, it's probably a good thing that you're both pantsers, right? Because if one was a serious plotter, you'd probably drive each other very, it would, it'd be frustrating, right? I am a serious plotter. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's what do you usually do, Dennis? Yeah, I would normally plot it out, I think. Yeah. Hey, but, but you can't really plot this out because you don't know what you're getting back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. So do you think that's made you grow as a writer? If you're a plotter and then you've had to become, I guess maybe you still had some plots in your, ha- in your head, but then you had to go, right, I've just got to go with this. Yeah. I guess yeah. that made you your process grow somewhat. Very challenging, yeah. But mm. it's it's like fertiliser It's because it, there's no time to... Um, wait for the perfect idea you just have to grow you know you just have to write so how do you think if you write a book on your own next time or you know another whatever you write unless you're going to write together forever I don't know maybe you are but if you ever write again by yourself will you stick to that plotting or do you think you you'll move out of that a little bit because of this experience yeah I don't know it's hard to say I think probably a bit of a mixture um it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely good to know where you're where you want to end up, mm-hmm. and we did sort of know 
in when we were riding Wednesday weeks, we kind of knew that we, I mean, she had to get to the Tower of Shadows and rescue Grandpa, right? Yeah. And, um, Quite so all you, that. <laughs> but it's all the wild <laughs> adventures in between, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but having said that, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the best ideas really did just come on the spot when you were writing the chapter rather than, and they tended to be better than the ideas that we would come up in advance. Mm. So, yeah, 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 yeah. There is a lesson there. But it just seems like your process really worked because you were inspiring each other, I guess, to just push the boundaries, to write each other in a corner, to really try and get the best story you can. So I think that's really cool. It was really fun. The number one lesson I've taken from it, and, and you've done NaNoWriMo, right, so you know this lesson already, just um, write real fast, write quick and dirty. The quick and dirty draft is your friend. It's not going to be great because it's the first draft, but it's going to be better than nothing, you know, like enough, standing around procrastinating is the worst black hole feeling ever. It just sucks all my energy away. But creating and writing and making and doing something um gives me courage and so yeah writing quick and dirty is my favorite way to write now and again you've given me another fabulous quote just like two in two minutes quick and dirty draft how do you beat that it's not it's not as good as quick quick and clean but you got to start somewhere who can do a quick and clean draft nobody <laughs> well if you can you're a genius yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to hear from you yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a friend a friend of Christie's and mine described our process as writing a book with two brains mm. I really love that and love that. It, it kind of it, it kind of I don't know it kind of put me in mind of a kind of a like a like a sort of science fiction an old science fiction movie black and white yeah. writing with two brains but it kind of it, it tells you that, kind of summarizes all the advantages and the challenges that you'd expect like on one hand you've got two brains so you can do twice as much work right mm. like in a week you can write four chapters instead of two chapters or whatever like it might be. that on the yeah. other hand on the other hand it's two it's two people and we each have our own ideas and opinions and we don't always agree so you got to have you so that back and forth kind of also takes time especially yeah. during the editing phase the editing yeah the editing is like a nightmare <laughs> but it's better it's better because it's hard like when it's yourself you just go oh yeah that's good enough exactly yeah so so when when we get when we get our manuscript back from the editor with x number of thousand comments and suggestions <laughs> that is not a joke <laughs> if, it, if it was just one of us then if it was like if it was just me i would just say okay i understand what she's saying there here's how i'm going to fix it Go ahead, fix it. It's done. Move on. But when there's two of us, then we kind of, you know, there's a, there's a lot more back and forth. Mm. But do you, do you edit your does... own chapters? Do you edit your own chapters? That's a free no. for all. Right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> we, you we know on Google Docs, so we collaborate yeah. on Google Docs, so you can both be editing. Yeah. Fine. We once edited so like we put so many we tracked so many changes that we had to like start a new doc because mm. it couldn't track couldn't read all. it. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But I think as well that's a great process because each chapter written by Christy, written by Dennis, then when you come together and edit, I guess it then brings it together as one piece of work and not, you know, Christy's chapter, Dennis's chapter. I guess that's where, yeah, yeah. you know, really comes yeah, together. Yeah, it's all, it's all totally, it's really blended together mm. now. You can't really, Amazing. can't really separate um, yeah. what anymore. And it's funny, I'll read, I'll read a line and go, God, that's funny, that must be Dennis's line. I can't, like, I don't. 
I don't know which lines are my lines anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, I love that. It is the yeah, two yeah. brain thing. Yeah, yeah. The two brain, yeah, two brain things. Wonderful, I like it. <laughs> I was going to ask, how did you come together to collaborate in the first place? We're both members of Squibby, um, mm-hmm. side of children's book writers yep. and illustrators, and we used to critique each other's work and we had, like, this really good creative chemistry. I think, you know, in the same way that um, when you add two different chemicals together, like they've got to be different, right? If, if you have two of the same chemical yeah. and you put them together, you don't get a reaction. Mm-hmm. You get two different chemicals and you and you throw them together, you get an explosion. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. We just, um, yeah, it just sort of exploded out of us. And <laughs> That's great. I love that so much. We didn't damage anything on the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have a question for you, Christy. A science circus. Can you? I have so many questions about a science circus. Can you tell me about this? Science Circus, if anyone is listening and they have a career choice to make, the Science Circus is a postgraduate um, full scholarship master's program that's offered to anyone who has a science degree. So you can do any science degree that you want, like anything that you're interested in, nanotechnology or biology or, you know, human, um, anything. And then you do this post-grad masters where they put you in a truck with 15 other young science graduates. Like you get this big semi-trailer and you travel all around Australia to remote and regional communities, teaching people about cool, basic chemistry, science, physics, you know, doing these really, really fun interactive science shows, holding um, community fairs and getting people enthused about science and breaking down that, that idea that science is hard or science is, for people who are smart, science is something that I can't do, you know, because because that's rubbish. Everyone can everyone can explode stuff. <laughs> oh yes, uh, tell me more. <laughs> so it's just incredible. It's a one year program. It's so much fun. Wow. You try you tour together, you study together, you cook together. You know, like you just it's it would make a great reality TV that's show. <laughs> did did you cook people pancakes of your own face? <laughs> <laughs> no, my skills were not that advanced back okay. then. That's a, cool. a mum skill that I. <laughs> I was wondering if that like created friends or made the opposite happen. <laughs> friends for life, absolute friends for life. That's it fantastic. Just, I love I mean, that. Yeah, Sounds amazing. So much fun. So mm-hmm. much fun. And we had shows like the slime show and the fire show, and you know, just all, all kinds of stuff would go wrong, and we'd laugh, and you get through the hard times together like it's, it was really hard but really really fun so oh, yeah look it up it's a question science circus. if anyone's interested or you know a young person who wants to um travel well hopefully travel australia yeah. <laughs> last yeah. year they did it online but it's it's incredible it's they could go to perth yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, there's a lot of places to go <laughs> <laughs> now dennis a computer programmer how did this lead you to be a writer or were you always a writer masquerading as a computer program well when when i was in when i was in high school there was two things that i really loved the first one was computers although a bit of a sidetrack actually video games i really wanted my mum and dad to buy me an atari <laughs> like all my friends had so I could play Space Invaders and stuff. And then it sounds like another sad story. (laughs) It's pretty pretty tragic. They refused to buy me the the Atari, but they did buy me a computer. I think we had we had we had a few different ones. One of them got one of them one of them was tragically destroyed in an inexplicable bedroom fire, but we don't have to get into that. Wow. (laughs) 
that was that was the first one TRS eighty. It was only black and white. The second one was a Vic twenty, and after that we had a Commodore sixty four. And the, the Vic twenty and Commodore sixty four, you could play pretty good video games on them, but you could also write your own programs. Um, so I guess the jokes on me ended up as a computer programmer. So I guess mum and dad had had a good idea there, but. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, did you, did you so, get your Atari eventually as an adult or anything? No, no, never got it. But I mean, in this day and age, you can you can all all those all those classic uh, video games from the eighties are all you can emulate them all on your on your computer. So fantastic! That's how I we roll that. these days. But the other thing that I really loved was science fiction and fantasy novels. So I loved reading it, and I really really wanted to write it one day. But when I finished high school, I had to make a choice or I thought I had to make a choice, right? So I thought I had, I had two options that I was choosing between. I could do a science degree studying computer programming, or I could do an arts degree studying creative writing um, and kind of wanted to eat. So I did the, <laughs> so I did the science degree. Eating ruins everything, doesn't it? <laughs> I, does when I cook. <laughs> the, I guess the way I looked at it, I didn't. Re- I, I didn't really want to be a journalist because I don't really like talking to people. Um, so I won't, I won't take that personally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and that, as far as I could figure out, that was the only way you could actually make money doing from writing. Anyway, this. I mean, it's obviously not true, but I'm just. This is just the thought processes <laughs> that were occurring at the time. So I did the did the science degree worked for many years as a computer programmer, but the, that teenage dream of wanting to be a writer just kind of refused to die. So when my kids, so about 10 years ago, my, my kids were about 10 years old. Um, they started coming home from school with their little creative writing assignments. Says, oh, dad, I got to write, I got to write 500 words and it's got to be a story about aliens or, and a, a strange package or, or whatever it was. And I got to do a beginning, a middle and an end. And I think, oh, this is going to be hard. It's going to be so hard for them to do this. Is, writing is hard. And then they'll just go, oh, okay, beginning, middle, end. Da, da, there we go. All done. I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not that hard after all. So, <laughs> so this was about 10 years ago. And I started kind of getting into doing, a, doing some writing and wrote some, I wrote a little story um, called Sheepy Needs a Wash. And Sheepy was <laughs> Sheepy was my Sheepy was my daughter's little pet sheep, or not pet sheep, little stuffed sheep. And the other the other character was Ducky, which is a little pink stuffed duck. So we did this little story, and oh, that was pretty good. So then I kind of went on from there. And I like to say that the publication of Wednesday Weeks in the Tower of Shadows, which is my first published uh, novel, is Yay. the culmination of a ten year midlife crisis. So here we are. <laughs> That's wonderful. A midlife crisis that created something great. That's you don't often, you don't often hear that. <laughs> I want to know what happened to Sheepy Needs a Wash. I mean, I think that's it's coming out in twenty twenty two. Well, you know, I, I I thought it was pretty good. It was a picture book, a picture book, um, and we we took photographs and stuff um, of the little the little stuffed toys in little poses and stuff to illustrate the thing. Um, oh. My daughter wrote a sequel. Um, oh, wow, this is can't and, wait for this. And you're going to do an the audio. There's an, there's an audio book yeah. version of the sequel, which my daughter recorded Fantastic. when she was ten years old, which is super cute. Um, <laughs> but 
I sent the, I thought, oh, this is pretty good. This is not bad. Uh, so I sent it off to, I can't remember exactly where it was. So it's probably best to remain anonymous. <laughs> but one of these, um, I don't know, an organisation where they would kind of, it was probably a competition. I can't exactly remember, but you could send it in, you could get feedback. And they were like, <laughs> like know, my dreams are dashed. C minus, this book is, you know, generic or whatever. <laughs> like, oh. That's a bit sad. So I'm I, glad you didn't let it the crush lesson, you. The lesson I took from that was just just don't bother sending stuff off to them anymore. I was I mean, hoping I, you'd say your lesson was just to keep writing, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, that that's the thing. Like writing is so subjective. You know, like yeah, who likes what and what books I read, my friends won't finish, and you know. Yeah, exactly. um, and I remember in year eight, I had a creative writing teacher, and she I flunked year eight creative writing you know because she didn't like the thing that I wrote mm. perhaps or because I put my apostrophes in the wrong place and th the important thing is not to um you're not writing for publication you're not writing for your teacher you're not writing for the you know you're writing because it's just really cool to have a voice and to make something out of words and to be able to create something you know to, to have to change, change the world. You can change the world. I mean, that's what this is all about, words and words, right? Yeah. That's how you change the world is by putting words in a pattern that pleases you or that talks to someone or speaks to someone or communicates that. something that you're trying to say. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the best feeling to be it's able to make It's magic and it's science, isn't it, Chris? It is. It is magic, Danny, yeah. <laughs> it is magic. Yeah. We put these scrolls in a pattern. And somebody else reads that and feels something. Like, that is it's magic. Amazing. It is. It yeah. is magic. Now, last question. If you've listened to the podcast, you know what I'm going to ask you. But I think we've touched on it a little bit, but maybe if we can dig a little bit deeper, we'll start with you, Christy. Why do you write? I, yeah, I think just just like um, what I was saying then about just being able to to have a voice. You know, like, why, why do you speak? Why do we speak to each other? We, we want to communicate and we want to um, sort ideas out and um, work out what what is it all about you know why are we here what are we doing how do we exist um, and the really cool thing that I love is writing for children mm -hmm. like how many books have you read how many books have you read Danny like oh this year or <laughs> <laughs> how many thousands I, I, I read about 80 ish books a year I mean, that's insane, right? The number, the sheer volume of books that you've read. But then if you rewind to 10-year-old Danny, you may only have read, you know, 20, 30, 40 books. Mm -hmm. So as a children's writer, you have this extraordinary power to really change a kid's life. Yeah. So that's why I write fun stuff, escapist stuff, um, beautiful, joyous stuff, because, you know, have the adventure, walk down the path and... Um, you have a good day, like have a good time, laugh a little. And that's what I want for kids. I want them to um, have the courage to get up in the morning and say, you know, I can slay that dragon. I can um, make it through today and, and and change the world as I go. Oh, I it's a little that. bit corny, but. No, it's um, beautiful. I love it. out of bed in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's what lights us up, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dennis, you I can't us. follow that. <laughs> I got nothing. You've just got to dig a bit deeper. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you've told us that you had this dream and you chose, you know, the sensible path to start with, but you were pulled back to this dream. So what was it that 
compelled you, that drew you to keep writing, even though you just wanted to buy lasagna and donuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I'm the closest I can get to answering the question why I write is that being a writer was a was a teenage dream that, that really never never let me go, and I just it kind of kept nagging at me, kept nagging at me, and it's just something that I thought, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to gonna have to have a serious crack at this and, and just see what happens mm, I love that but it is it's that constant scratching you know of you yeah. and and it, I, I still kind of really like the, the same kind of stuff that I liked went back when I was 10 or 12 years old like I don't know Star Wars and mm. sort of lots of things with explosions and spacemen and I don't know wizards and things and it's just I don't know it's just it's just kind of uh it's really fun to to create that kind of stuff and just kind of be inspired by the things that you love and try and kind of, I mean, all those, all those things that we love kind of swirl around in our brains and they kind of come out when we write. That's how I see it. And it's like, you kind of, this is halfway between a homage and a ripoff, but you kind of, (laughs) if you've, if you've, if, if you're ripping off enough different things, then it all kind of gets smooshed together in a way that feels fresh and new. And, That's right. And, and nothing's yeah. been written from your brain before, so it is going to be new. Now, I do have a question, one last question for you, Dennis. Because this was a childhood dream and then you went on a different path, was there a fear inside you that you would never be able to achieve this dream that you've always wanted? Was there a little bit of, oh, what if I don't do this? Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that, but we probably don't need to get into that. Oh, that's, just, that's, just, that's just, I just wanted another sad story. I don't know, that's, that's just kind of, you know, we we don't we don't need to delve into the, into oh, no, the decades we, of misery. We do, we really do. <laughs> no, I'm just the, saying that the oh, nagging the nagging feeling of being a failure. Not a failure, just not achieving that that dream you've always wanted. I mean, that that's that was me. You know, I, I always thought to myself, if I don't achieve this of being able to publish a book in my life, it's going to be like a really sad thing in my life and not everyone gets yeah, that. Yeah, it's funny what we do to ourselves, isn't it? <laughs> but then he like on the road to creating, like to getting that deal, that amazing three-book deal that you've got, you you made stuff, right? You built stuff, you experienced stuff and, and to not go on that journey, like it doesn't matter what the destination is, if you haven't gone on that journey, you, you missed out on all yeah. the... I totally, yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. You just got to have the courage. Yeah, and I think we're all our own worst critics, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I am and sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, Christy, that's the best. <laughs> See, I feel like that, you know, you're either zero or ten. Is that where you sit? And except for cooking, zero or six. Right. Zero or six. <laughs> six on a really good day. Right. I, I feel like I'm at a zero, don't want to get out of bed, or I'm just at a ten, I'm never at a six. I don't know. Life and must and be a hard. lot of people say you should write what makes you, like, dig really deep and write what makes you cry. Hmm. I can't do that because I will cry and I can't, I don't want to spend that much time in that dark place. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I, I choose to write funny and I choose to write adventure and, light and magic because that's what I want in my life you know and that's what kids want you know that's what kids want we need to give kids as much joy as possible because the world you know the world will unjoy them quickly enough (laughs) and I mean I love to read sad books I I love I love sad books and sad movies but you finish a sad movie in two hours whereas it took them two years of their life to make that right and I don't want to spend my life 
Yeah, that's doing a good point. the dark stuff. Mm. I want to spend it because it takes so long to write a book. Yeah, yeah. And that, <laughs> but they say that you are as well. You're a culmination of the things you read and what you consume and what you eat and who you hang out with. So you've got to be careful about yeah. that because that impacts yeah. who you are. Oh, we've yeah. gotten deep now. Just at the make right. good choices. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis is out. He's like, no, not getting deep. My technology is starting not to work. The Wi-Fi is gone. <laughs> not getting deep, ladies. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you, you've got to choose joy, don't you? You've got to choose absolutely um, every time. Yeah, we'll keep, let's keep, we'll keep the discussion light. We don't need to delve into our neuroses. And, and all right, we'll do that interview too. We'll have, we'll have a follow up. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> with gin and tonic and like <laughs> sad music, <laughs> and we have to wear black. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis is already in. <laughs> He's already got that sorted. Black, black is very slimming. That's, that's, that's the secret. I thought you were breaking up, but it's your pixelated shirt. So. It is. It's wonderful. I love that shirt. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you both. I could do another hour, but uh, you know we should probably wrap it up, save it for another time. But um, so interesting speaking to you both, and such such fun and such insights and such great quotes, which I'm going to use myself. <laughs> uh, but we will end with a uh, you know always choose joy. So thank you so much for making this interview really joyful and fun. Thank you, Denny. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us and for. The, contrib- the contribution that you make to Australian literature is just awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's very kind. <laughs>